Welcome to the Pictures of Lily podcast. I'm your host, Lily Moayeri. I have been a music journalist since 1992, and I interview a lot of music-related people. This podcast, which is named after the song by The Who, is about my experience behind the story, what my experience is doing the interviews, just to give you a snapshot of what it's like on the other side of the digital recorder. Pictures of Lily. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Pictures of Lily podcast. This is episode 70. We publish monthly with a new episode posting on the second Wednesday of each month. You can find us on every platform by going to picturesoflily.com, where you can subscribe or follow us and also connect to us on Instagram, SoundCloud, YouTube, Pandora, and Amazon. Although it's really best to listen to the podcast straight from the source at picturesoflily.com, as it is the highest quality audio and avoids copyright restrictions. This episode is on my three experiences with electronic musician Madian, two of them for cover stories I wrote on him for DJ Mag North America, and one when I bumped into him in the real world. Here are a few snapshots of my experiences with Madian. I had heard about Madian from a variety of music industry people and had no idea who they were talking about. But I did notice that they were all talking about him in this kind of awestruck way. These were people that I respected, so it made me curious. I pitched a story to DJ Mag North America on him ahead of his debut album Adventure in 2015, and my editor at the time, Sarah Polanski, was all for it. We did the interview over Skype audio, which I am never a fan of. If I can't do an interview in person, then I request a video chat. But Madian told me that his computer didn't have a camera, which I didn't believe for a second. He was only 20 years old at the time, and to paraphrase myself, from the Google image searches I did on him, he looked like he was 12. I believe he didn't want me to focus on how young he looked so I could take what he was saying seriously. Speaking about his first video, Pop Culture, which only shows his hands at a machine, Madian told me, If you base your career around look how young I am, someday you're not going to be young anymore. It was important to find ways to divert the attention. I created an identity that was sustainable in a way that youth is inherently not. He also told me he was in his pajamas because it was evening time in France. He was living at his parents' house in Nantes then, even though he owned his own home. Honestly, the more I spoke to him, the more I was glad he was still under his parents' roof. He's the kind of intelligent that could border on destructive, and he's so intent on exerting control that it could turn dangerous. While we were talking, his mom brought him something to eat because she was worried that he missed dinner. Turns out he tried to control his need for food when he was very young, which made his parents kind of permanently concerned about his food intake. I told him I got the impression that he was partially raised by a computer and he told me that was accurate. What he said was, I was really into creating stuff as a child. For as long as I could remember, whenever I found something that I loved, I wanted to make it myself. It was very apparent extremely early that it, meaning the computer, was the best tool for creation. Once he discovered making music on the computer, which is when he was 10 years old, Madian realized that's what he wanted to focus on getting really good at. Then he told me he also focused on mastering magic tricks because he felt too much of his life was tied with the computer and he needed to do something analog. For all his intelligence, like so many overly smart people, Madian was flunking out of high school and he left before graduating. 
He told me he intentionally sabotaged himself so he wouldn't be tempted to go down a conventional education route. We talked for five hours, which at the time was the longest interview I had ever conducted. Over the course of the interview, I developed a pretty bad pain in my salivary gland. By the time it was over, my gland was hugely swollen and unbearably painful. I ended up going to the doctor the next morning. I was frantic with pain. I had surgery on the gland and there was nothing there, but if you look at me straight on, you can see the gland on the right side of my jaw is visibly bigger. Four years later, I interviewed Madian again for our second DJ Mag North America cover story. Many things had changed. He lived in Los Angeles now in a house in the Hollywood Hills that felt like an isolation tower. He had changed his appearance with long hair and facial hair and a woolly cap and big sweatshirts and big pants. He looks very fuzzy, the polar opposite to the collectible doll look he had before. He was a complete recluse, not leaving the house unless absolutely necessary, ordering food to be delivered twice a day, and he didn't drive. He told me, I understand that the way I'm living my life is unusual. I know the blind spots I have. I'll probably never drive. I may never cook. There are little oddities that remind me that my trajectory is unusual. That just means there are certain things you don't really have time to invest yourself in. You have to delay them. There are sacrifices along the way. I'm at peace with it. I'm not looking to find a balance right now. The busy weeks where every day is another crazy thing and every day is a different challenge are my favorite. He seemed far more uncomfortable than the voice I spoke to for so many hours almost five years prior. And he was very determined to direct the conversation around his album Good Faith and basically say the same rehearsed things over and over again. It was a surface level conversation and very repetitive with no new information being relayed. This is the thing. When I was prepping for the interview, I had Lawrence read the 2015 cover story and share any questions he would want to ask Maddian. I was really proud of that story and felt it held up over time. Lawrence was less than impressed with it. He said there was no conflict. When I was way bored and starting to get annoyed with the circular interview we were having, I shared Lawrence's observation with Maddian. This made Maddian actually jump in his seat as it was an accurate observation. This is what he told me. At the time, I was editing Maddian to something quite anonymous and tame and wholesome, but I had some pretty massive hardships along the way. The real story of it is much more complex and difficult than what I portrayed. I've been slowly trying to force myself to tell a little bit more of the truth of it because it informed a lot of this album. Then he reverted back to talking about joy and the album and it got boring again. I tried to shift the narrative a little bit and asked if the Me Too movement, social justice, and all the issues at the forefront of culture in 2019 made him feel restricted in his creativity at all. He got really stressed about this line of questioning as it definitely wasn't among his rehearsed interview scripts. But he said some great things like, I always hated the macho culture that I used to see on tour. I'm not a very frat bro person. I felt like sometimes there was an attitude toward women in touring that I wasn't comfortable with, that I thought was kind of whack. I'm glad it's not mandatory anymore. And he also said, I see more varied things than I used to. It feels less like a narrow cultural landscape than it was. A lot of themes are easier to express. I find it refreshing. There's a little bit of white knighting going on, people trying to perform their open-mindedness in a way that's insincere and awkward. There are moments in any cultural transition that are unpleasant and extreme. It's like your teenage years when you're finding yourself and you're not fully formed. But I'm very on board with the evolution of society. It's leading somewhere. I think eventually the floodgates will open and all scenes will naturally be diverse. After I turned the article in, Madian tried to have those parts of it taken out. 
But my editor, Declan, went to bat for me saying it was the only time in the story that Madian wasn't talking about himself. Declan succeeded in keeping it in, and I think Madian realized that he actually sounded good when he spoke about those topics. I tried to press him a little to talk about mental health issues as it was clear that was at the core of whatever his deal is. But he pushed back by saying he didn't need a DJ Mag therapy session, which is fair enough. At the same time, when musicians speak out about mental health issues, it seems to help their fans a great deal. I hope when Madian is ready to speak about it, he will feel safe to come forward for his fans' sake as much as his own. I left his place feeling that he was painfully lonely, whether or not he acknowledged it to himself. I recognized it as I used to feel that way and I didn't know it. I was fulfilled career-wise and friend-wise and generally good life-wise, but I was still lonely. Not so much that it was debilitating me in any way, but in retrospect, I realized how intense it really was. Last year, a full three years after my interview with Madian at his home, I bumped into him at a preview event Swedish House Mafia had for their collaboration with IKEA. He kind of surprised me as soon as I walked in and it took me a second to get oriented and even realize who was talking to me. We ended up hanging out for the rest of the evening and I had a really good time with him. It felt like for the first time I was meeting someone who was the closest iteration of the real Madian. Dare I say it, actually Hugo. This person's intelligence wasn't used as a weapon, but a resource. This person was a great listener, compassionate and kind. I don't remember what I was talking to him about, but I do remember the observations he made and the suggestions he offered were very thoughtful and supportive. I felt comfortable around him and I also felt like he was comfortable around me. I also felt like he wanted to hang out with me the whole time, not one of those music industry interactions that is always looking for the next better person to move on to. Honestly, I really liked the person I hung out with that night. Real life Hugo is a great guy, someone I would like to be friends with. It was refreshing and life-affirming and wiped out all prior interactions I had with him. That's a snapshot of my experiences with Madian. You can find my cover stories on him at djmag.com and they are also linked at picturesoflily.com as well as a couple of show previews I wrote for the LA Weekly. In our next episode, I'm going to be talking about my 20 years of mainly remote experiences with DJ Fresh from drum and bass to artificial intelligence. From myself and my co-producer, director, editor, Lauren Schroeder, thanks for listening. And if you have a chance to subscribe or follow the podcast on any of the podcast platforms, please do so and please rate and review. You can connect to us on picturesoflily.com and from there you can choose your preferred podcast platform or Instagram or SoundCloud or YouTube or Pandora or Amazon. You can find the playlist for the podcast episodes on Spotify and YouTube. 
There's also a Pictures of Lily newsletter, which goes out when each podcast episode posts with a bonus newsletter in between that you can subscribe to on picturesoflily.com. Thanks for listening. Pictures of Lily.